chapter, chapter 2, starting at verse 1. If you want to follow it in the Church Bible, it's on page 1228. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy and slander, and every kind. Like newborn babes, crave for pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. The living stone and the chosen people. As you come to him, the living stone, Rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him. You also, like living stones, are built into a spiritual house to be holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in the scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and a stone that causes people to stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into this wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but you now are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Susan. Um, other, other night, Sally and myself, we've, uh, we've got a few things on our DVD list that we like to sort of switch off and just watch what we want to watch. Uh, and one of them is Alfreda Saint-Pet. We watched Alfreda saint We've just started this week. We'll probably watch all full box set for the next few months, however long Sally's looking, thinking, where are you going with this? But the other night we watched the first one. And uh, I don't know if you... Oh, sorry, if you're a bit younger than me, you're probably not too familiar. I know. You're probably not too familiar with Alfreda Saint-Pet. But those of a certain age of us do know Alfreda Saint-Pet. And the first one starts off by these three brickies going to, to Germany. Uh, and they're in this clapped-out old banger. Uh, and they get to Germany, they get to the um, passport control, uh, and the, the, the car's directed into something to, de- nothing, uh, something to declare. But So they all get out, and the, the uh, police officer's rooting him back uh, the, the boot, and they pull out this um, spirit level, big spirit level. And it's, it's, what's this, he says in his best German accent. This is, well, it, well, it's a spirit level. Well, what does it do? Says, well, it's for seeing if your wall's straight or not. He says, well, how does it work? So, um, so they get this spirit level, they put it to a wall like that, and he puts it up against wall. And German officer says, well, what does it mean? And Geordie man said, it means your walls are not plumb. In other words, wall wants straight. Didn't get as big as a laugh as I thought. I was hoping it would do. But... 
But the whole point is about, I mean, today, we, we, you know, we're going to talk about capstones and it's exciting, isn't it? Capstones and cornerstones. And, uh, and about Jesus being our capstone and our cornerstone uh, and, and, how, and how straight or how things have got to bridge things together and, and what an importance that is, not just for, for, for brick or stone walls, but for, for our church. In the Old Testament, 900 years before Christ, King Solomon instructed God's people to build a temple in the holy city of Jerusalem. It became a place where God's people could go to meet and pray together to God Almighty, as we do. The incredible Yahweh, it was a place where the priests offered sacrifices to God, not just at great festivals, but actually every day. Some were sacrifices of praise and thanksgiving, Others were appointed sacrifices for the forgiveness of sins. So the temple was the place where God's people could come to find forgiveness. I love the way that we start our worship. Well, not so much this case, but with confession, maybe 20 minutes in. Because I do believe before we can worship properly, we've got to get right with each other. We've got to get right with God. Hence, we have confession. Solomon's temple became the heart of the spiritual life of Israel for hundreds of years. And it was a vital part of the Old Covenant. But since Jesus came along, God's objectives were not focused on physical buildings anymore. Since Jesus, God's cosmic master plan of salvation was to create a living building, a spiritual house made up of holy priests offering, offering spiritual sacrifices of worship Praise and loving service to God through Jesus Christ. The building blocks in this new and living temple buildings are Christian believers. Brothers and sisters, that's you and me. That's you and me. We are the building blocks of this living temple. Philip Brooks, an 18th century evangelist, wrote this. Slowly through all the universe, the temple of God is being built and whenever, in, a, in any place, a soul by free-willed obedience catches the fire of God's likeness, it's set into the growing walls, a living stone. We are all living stones in this amazing temple which God continues to build. It, and it's Jesus who is the living stone, who is at the heart of this God's new temple. In verse 6 in today's reading, we read, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Here is Peter quoting from the prophet Isaiah. This is from Isaiah 28. Isaiah says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. The one who trusts will never be dismayed. Isaiah foretelling that this tested stone will be the precious foundation and the cornerstone for the new temple which God promised to build four, five, six, seven hundred years before Jesus Christ came along. The cornerstone was the most important part of the foundation of any building. And out of all the stones, it's the cornerstone which had to be shaped perfectly. It sets the directions for all walls horizontally and vertically. Hence your walls not plumb. If your walls out of out of shape, it's it's you know, how far is it going to be when it gets to the top? It's going to be meters out. In God's new temple, Jesus is the cornerstone. 
Believers who put their trust in Jesus and living stones and build their lives on him will never be put to shame and never be dismayed. They will never have cause to regret trusting in Jesus. Verse 7 goes on to say, Now to, now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Again, Peter's quoting, but this time he's quoting from Psalm 118. Psalm 118 says the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And, and another translation which I quite liked, well, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. That literally meaning is the very head of the corner. A little bit like this church when you see, and we don't have columns here, but we do have our arches. Roman arches were built from two columns of stone and they, were, and they would meet in the centre. I was looking up actually and I think, I saw one, I, can't, I saw a cornerstone, is it this one? Sorry, excuse me, come down, I'm not going to sit on your feet. This one, not the top bridge, but the bottom one, you can see it's like a, it's like a, a stone that, and, it, and it's at the very top. It's, in, it's just a sharp piece and it's, it's like that. And what it does, it holds the whole column together. It's like a, it sits like a wedge in the middle of, to balance both sides of the arches and hold them up. And, and that is the capstone. If you remove the capstone, if you remove the capstone, the whole arch falls apart. So the capstone is the most important stone. And it would often carry an inscription with a date or the name of an important person. But it was not a decorative stone. The capstone really was the essential element in the design which holds a whole structure in place. The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The most important stone in the arch, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. Cornerstones or capstones, either way, it's the most important stone and in God's new building, in this spiritual temple, Jesus is our capstone. Jesus is the cornerstone. Jesus is the one who holds every one of us together. That's why when I come on a morning and I pray, I always pray for Jesus to be at the very centre of everything that we do, or everything that we are. Psalm 118 says, The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. Jesus the most important stone in God's living building because of who he is, the son of God, the creator of everything that exists. And Jesus is the most important stone because of what Jesus has done, dying on a cross for the sins of the world, risen from the dead and ascending high, reigning as king of, king and king of kings and lord of lords. And that only happened because Jesus was the stone that the builders rejected, Jesus himself said that he was the stone that the builders rejected in fulfilment of Psalm 118. In the book of Matthew, we have a short parable about the tenants in the vineyard. A parable, it's a metaphor of the ministry of Jesus. The vineyard is an Old Testament picture of God's chosen people, the nature of Israel. And the story tells how the tenants refuse to pay the rent it didn't matter how many messengers the landowner sends. That was a picture of the way the religious leaders of the Jews were ignoring God and the prophets he sent them. So in the end, the owner of the vineyard sends his own son, which, is represented, which represents Jesus. But the wicked tenant kills the landowner's son. Again, representing the way the Jews rejected God's son, 
They threw him out of the vineyard and even killed him. And Jesus ends the story by quoting Psalm 118, showing how the Old Testament had foretold that rejection. The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. It's almost Jesus' life in, in a nutshell. Centuries before Isaiah prophesied that God's chosen people would reject their Messiah, Isaiah said he was pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our iniquities. It looked ahead to the suffering servant who would bring salvation, even through people that rejected him. God would use this rejection in an amazing way as part of the master plan of salvation. At the moment that Jesus, the Lamb of God, took the sin of the world on his shoulders, Jesus himself experienced complete rejection, not only by the human race, but even by God. But even by God, the experience of rejection brought our forgiveness and brought us back to God. Through Jesus being rejected, we're brought back to God. When people reject Jesus, the cornerstone and the capstone of God's new temple, they stumble and fall. Jesus and the gospel will always be a stumbling block to those who refuse to believe in him. The church of Jesus is not a physical building, but a spiritual building. The new temple which has replaced the old Jewish temple in Jerusalem. The spiritual house in which God lives by the Holy Spirit. The place where people can meet God. The place where people can find forgiveness. Brothers and sisters, we're the spiritual stones and God is the building. He's building us up in this spiritual building. But if this picture of the church as a spiritual temple was not wonderful enough, Peter goes on in the reading to fill out what is to be the church. In two short verses, he unwraps the majesty and the glory of the church which Jesus is building. Two verses which give us a mind-blowing glimpse of our wonderful destiny as the church of Jesus Christ. And he starts in verse 9, he says, But you, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. To understand this passage, we have to recognise that we're not part of the church because of anything good in ourselves. Not by, not by birth, not by our own hard work. We only belong to the church because of what God has done. Verse 9 continues, but you are a chosen people because God has called you out of his darkness into his wonderful light. Peter makes it very clear, like everybody else, all Christians were once living in darkness. Our sin separates us from God who dwells in a distant light. But God has saved us from our darkness. By his grace, he has brought us into a wonderful, marvellous light. In the beginning, we didn't belong to any group of people. But now, because of what Jesus has done, we belong to the people of God. We are the people of God. In the Old Testament, the nation of Israel was God's special people. We are the people of God. God has made us his beloved children and part of his eternal family in the church. By nature alone, we were God's enemies. But God changed us into his friends. God has shown us mercy God has had pity on us. God brought us out of darkness and into this wonderful light by the forgiveness of sins. It's, it's like we've been born again. It's a living hope and giving us a wonderful inheritance. Through God we have salvation. And we are forgiven because of Jesus' death 
on a cross. A little further on, actually, in 1 Peter 2, it says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. And there's more picking up in verse 9. Again, the reading says, Because of God's mercy, we are a royal priesthood. Do you ever consider yourself as a priest? As royal priests, which, is, which we are, we're all priests. As a royal priests, we are called to offer our lives as a sacrifice to God. I don't know if you've heard, the, there's, a, there's a saying, it's called the priesthood of all believers. Scripture teaches that every believer is a priest. But not just a common old garden priest, but a royal priest. Brothers and sisters, you are royal priests. And together we are the priesthood. Yeah, we have different roles within the body of church. I've been called to focus on prayer, teaching the word of God, and being a person who ministers to others. Through ordination, I've been given the authority by my brothers and sisters within the church of God to speak with the authority for the old church. This is why vicars will say you in the absolution or, or the blessing. I'm not excluding myself, but I'm speaking within the authority that Jesus gives to all of us together to, give, to forgive sins. But it makes, more no, it makes me no more or less a priest than, than you guys. We all have the privilege or direct access to God. We all have the responsibility of declaring the forgiveness of sins and of a new life in Jesus. And we all have been given the gift of beginning to live that new life. Don't you think Christianity is a, a journey? I don't know about you. I, um, it, it's like this morning when we're praying, praying, you know, Jesus is the anchor. Jesus is the stone, the centre of our life. But, but life's not easy, is it? I, I struggle in life. I have problems in life, as, as, I, as I know a lot of you do in life. It, you know, it, life is not easy. But I do find that with Jesus there at side of me, it just makes that a little bit easier, knowing that you can confide in God. And he don't promise he's going to make everything right in this life. He certainly will do it next life. He don't promise he's going to make everything easy for us. But he's always there. A new life, that, that new life. Just as Israel, Israel received hope and encouragement from prophets like Isaiah, Peter does the same for the early church that he writes to Peter does this by placing them or us in the same category and story of the people of Israel. Those who are faithful to Christ are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation and God's special possession. We are a special possession. These are all names that are applied to Israel in the Old Testament. And there's a, different, there's a, a, a key difference here though. All these designations find their root in Christ as the living stone and the chosen and precious cornerstone mentioned earlier in the text. For Peter, the key foundation of the church's hope and the church's life is the same Christ himself. It's because Jesus himself is the living cornerstone of God that all of us who are united in will share a resurrected life. This is what we've been talking about over the last five weeks in 1 Corinthians 15. Through the belief and acceptance of Jesus, we too become living stones in Christ. Image the living building blocks of God's people. We as a church become the dwelling place of Jesus' presence, empowered 
and invigorated by the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And so God builds us upon his firm cornerstone, the crucified and risen Jesus. This is key to Peter's encouragement. It's not a half-hearted claim that things will just get better. Peter knows that suffering is a reality for Christianity, for those who witness to Christ's authority in a fallen and challenging world. Peter, Peter's encouragement to the early Christians is not unclear optimism. Peter's encouragement to them and to us is that of resurrection-shaped hope. It's a hope to divine love that is stronger than death itself. It's a hope that takes those who were at one time not a people, as Peter says in verse 10, calls them into the marvellous light of Christ and makes them into the people of God. Peter's encouragement speaks down through centuries to us as Christians today. When we experience suffering as a result of faithful witness to Christ, we hear Peter's words. We are the anchor to God's chosen and precious cornerstone, Christ himself, who upholds us in a time of trial. We are reminded of the fact that we as church are living stones built up by God upon Christ's foundation. We're reminded that we are a royal priesthood sharing close connections to God through Christ, our mediator. Peter's words speak just as powerfully today as they did 2,000 years ago. We must take heart that in the midst of trials and sufferings, for though the cornerstone was rejected by humans, he has chosen and been raised by God. And this, brothers and sisters, is our hope. It's where our hope is grounded. When Peter stated that Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone, it meant that although Israel had rejected the Messiah, Jesus is still God's choice. Jesus is still supreme because salvation is only found in him. In Ephesians 2.20, Jesus is described as the chief cornerstone of the church. But he can also be seen as the capstone since in him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. Jesus is the foundation of our church. But also the capstone, the capstone that holds everything together is the foundation of our salvation and that we believe our, is our future hope. Jesus is also the capstone. He holds everything together and he keeps our salvation secure. He's the beginning represented by the cornerstone and the end represented by the capstone. That's in Revelation. Using architectural terms such as capstone and cornerstone provides helpful images to describe Christ and the salvation and security he provides. When we look at our church building, we, we, we do see arches, we see stones, we see nice straight walls. And, and that's all physical. But it holds this building together. And, and, and this is what Peter's saying. He says that we, we're the stones. We are the capstone. Jesus is the capstone, the, the, the cornerstone. But we're the living stones that are still in this church. Hence, we are the body of Christ. We are Christ's building. The people, that's what we are, the building. We are the church. To summarise, Peter describes the function of the living stones to declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness of sin into the light of life and glory. And this is the job description of a living stone, a speaker of praise, a declarer of truth and love of light. 
the spiritual house God is building is designed for his glory and we the living capstones come together to glorify the Lord in everything that we do we are the living stones that come and glorify the Jesus Christ that holds us together let's pray Heavenly Father, just thank you 